Season 5, Episode 1, The Stupidity Continues. <laughs> Our first episode of the new season. It's a midweek bonus episode if you're listening for the very first time. Why don't you just start subscribing? This is a good time to pick it up where you let you know. And if you want to go back and listen to the other four episodes or the four uh, the four seasons, I personally like the four seasons, but you know, you can go back and listen to the four seasons of the podcast, or you can just pick up right here or not. Whatever you think is the most stupid decision, I'll leave that up to you. But we are going to start the new season off. With more stupidity, it's a never-ending fountain of youth. Well, it's definitely something you can't fill up your water bottle with, that's for sure. All the stories that you're going to hear in this podcast are true. None of the names have been changed. Because we've all done something stupid. St. Eric Lane, and welcome to the midweek bonus episode of My Stupid World. Just remember, if you see something stupid, say something stupid. And if you like the podcast, make sure you rate and review it, because I get five-star stupidity for you. So give it a five-star rating, and maybe even write a review of the podcast. I just might read it in an upcoming episode. So, why don't you start off Season 5 with a real creative comment? That would be great, you know? Yes, indeed. Uh, We're going to start off Season 5 with a new creative way to start your day with breakfast. You remember the old classic ads, you know, let go of my ego? You know, hey, it's my ego, let go of my ego. Well, somebody's going to be saying, let go of my ego booze. Mm, That's right. Now, if you... Or maybe a person that shies away from buying Eggo waffles just because they don't seem adult enough for you. Well, they're now going to elevate that experience. This is going to be done in such a way you just can't get without being carded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Eggo has uh, teamed up with Sugarlands Distilling to launch, yes, a new liqueur. It's called Eggo brunch in a jar, sipping cream. It's about 20% alcohol, so it's 40 proof. And it seamlessly blends the flavors of toasted Echo waffles, sweet maple syrup, rich butter, <clears throat> and a hint of smoky bacon. Now, you might be wondering, why? <clears throat> well, an exec says they know it's difficult to be a parent, Dealing with the constantly changing schedules and household errands, family outings, busy work days. So they wanted to create something that can help them find moments that they can savor for themselves. And what better way to do that than special morning booze? <laughs> Ego brunch in a jar. It's available at selected uh, select retailers around the country. You can also get it online in some select states. Probably not in Pennsylvania unless they have it at the state store. But if you want to find a retailer near you, you can visit sugarlands.com slash 
brunch in a jar. And by the way, this isn't the first time Ego has gotten drunk. For the holidays last year, you might remember, they partnered with the same distillery to make Ego Nog, which was basically Ego waffle-flavored eggnog. Now, if um, you're not a parent who's overwhelmed with schedules or whatever and just need an excuse to try this, well, um, I guess you could always uh, wait until a National Waffle Day comes around. Well, here's something that you may probably be slightly um, handicapped from too much ego booze if you are still into this, especially if you're a kid. Uh, this is a contest that was launched three years ago, but it's become more popular than ever. Your 2023 Kids Mullet Champion. Yep, it was announced recently, and that kid is Rory Ehrlich. And by the way, Rory is six years old, and he's from Pottstown, PA, which is near Philly. Uh, MulletChamp.com announced the top 25 a while back. And Fox and Friends featured the top three and announced the winner on live TV. They had a live feed of Rory and his mom, who got so excited she actually teared up. Here's Rory and his mom, Aaron, talking about the big win. My heart is beating so fast. <laughs> it's just hysterical, and I love it. I love every part of it. It's been such an amazing, fun contest and the community has been so awesome and it's it's so overwhelming we went to the barber he wanted a mullet and uh, said he wanted to do this contest now she says rory demanded a mullet when he got his hair cut last year and he was the one who wanted to join the contest now there's also separate divisions for men and women teens and yes even seniors hmm i guess maybe for some seniors it would be more of a skullet than a mullet but they all help raise money for the charity Homes for Wounded Warriors. They have already raised some $175,000 so far this year. By the way, the men's and the 55 and over divisions are still open, in case you're curious. The grand prize for the kids' division is five grand. Rory says he's going to use the money to buy his sister an alpaca. <clears throat> Maybe give the alpaca a mullet. That would be kind of cool. <clears throat> well, in a Utah courtroom recently doubled as a nursery when a juror could not find anybody to watch her kids and had to bring her infant triplets and her four-year-old with her. She is a Tory Scow. She says she was not excused from jury duty, even though she had triplet babies and a toddler with no babysitter. She said, I just knew it was going to be a crap show. So that's why I'm like, I'm going to film some of this. She uh, said she fed the kids more snacks than ever than they've ever had their entire life just to keep them quiet. And at times, she said the triplets drowned out the judge's questions to potential jurors, but the worst was when they really got tired of being in the wagon. She said that's when they started screaming and they pooped. <laughs> Someone suggested the kids should also have their boxes ticked for their first jury duty summons. Now, a nice... Uh, officer, I guess, uh, did supply them with toys, and after about two and a half hours, they were finally dismissed. <clears throat> Maybe they should revise their jury selection practices in the future. Hmm? Or maybe your tax dollars can pay for babysitting. That would actually be put to some good use, don't you think?
Well, the entire police force of Good U Minnesota all resigned at the same time. It happened over the lack of pay provided for the position. Now, Goodhue, Minnesota is a little small town in the southeastern part of the state. They lost its entire police force when the chief and other members of the force handed in their resignations. Well, here's the mayor, Ellen Anderson Buck, reacting to the news and comments made by police chief Josh Smith last month about their recurring or recruiting issues. I think we're all a little bit blindsided by it, but um, we're resilient and um, we're going to move forward. So, but it is hard. Like I said, we, this has been three weeks now. We've got zero applicants and I have zero prospects. I've called every PD around to get for the youngest guys out there getting into the game. There's nobody getting into the game. If you want to keep the PD, and this is something where we want to continue going with, something that needs to change dramatically and drastically, and it's got to happen now. Chief Smith also said, I want to reiterate that we have police coverage in the city of Goodhue. That is not an issue. Um, he told the city officials he could not find anyone to sign up to join the police force. He said, this has been three weeks now. We have zero applicants. I have zero prospects. He said, I've called every police department around for the youngest guys out there getting into the game, and there's nobody getting into the game. One Goodhue city council member praised the police force for maintaining law and order in the town of Goodhue. For now, well, I guess it's every man for himself in Goodhue, Minnesota. Well, here's a interesting TikTok prank because, well, most of these pranks on TikTok, as has been described here on this podcast, are pretty stupid. But every now and then, there's one legitimately funny and also stupid. There's this uh, viral prank now where people are surprising other people by cracking eggs on their heads. There's a video where a woman is next to her dad. She says, I'm going to show you how I can crack an egg with one hand. Then she cracks it on his head and he's shocked. Then he, they both start laughing. Actually, here's one instance where a TikToker named uh, Erica Addict does the trend on her dad. Hey, guys, I'm going to show you how I crack an egg with one hand. Oh, <laughs> girl. Now, in most cases, the person is first startled, then confused, then they find it amusing. But there's some videos where the person gets pretty ticked. Uh, now it's taken a different turn. Instead of people cracking eggs on the heads of their friends and significant others, they're now targeting their kids. There's one video where a woman has her son who probably looks like he's about three crack an egg and, well, he does and boasts that he did it without getting any pieces of shell inside. His mom says now it's her turn and she cracks it on his head. Well, he's shocked, then laughs, and then says, what the F? <laughs> there, there's another kid that it was done to, and his reaction was, what the hell? Actually, here's one mom doing it to her young child. Today, we're going to make daddy eggs. You want to crack the first one? Mm-hmm. Good job. Good. Okay, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> what the and then another person did it to their dog. Somebody in the background says it's effed up, and now that person has to give the dog a bath before work. There's also backlash from people criticizing the challenge, saying that it's 
cruel because in some cases the kids are upset when it happens. That's partly because the egg cracking looks painful, even if it's not. Although it also seems to mean that you're, uh, it just seems kind of mean, you know, to, to do that to your kid, you know, then laugh and then post a reaction online. I mean, one kid that got a little upset says, why did you do that? Then another kid fights back. And there's a video of one critic with one lady joking about how this could be traumatizing to these kids when they're older. I can see it now. Next edition of Dr. Phil, a kid who had an egg cracked on his head and had the video posted to social media and has now had a messed up life ever since. <laughs> okay. Well, there's one video that probably needs to have more than one egg cracked, maybe even thrown at this person. It's a video where a white woman is attacking a black veteran. The reason? He's sitting too close to her at a casino in Louisiana. Well, it's getting shared big time online. And in that video, she not only physically attacks him, but the racial slurs that are used by her and the man she's with are free and flowing. According to Devin Leslie Jr., the incident happened in Bossier City, Louisiana, but he waited a few days before he posted the video. He was really unsure if he wanted to go public with the attack. He eventually writes on Facebook, quote, now that I've had time to give it some thought, and I want it known about these two people, this woman went off on me, hit me in the face, kicked me in the back because I sat too close to her and her boyfriend, so this is how I was treated. Well, days later, that post went viral, as you might expect. This is just some of the video that Devin was able to capture. Now, keep in mind, they're sitting at separate slot machines. At first, her dude was wearing this We the People t-shirt and then is trying to get her to stop. But then after about a minute or so, he turns around and start using uses a strong language. According to Devin, She's Ashley Bieber Dyson of Louisiana. And at the beginning of the video, she repeatedly yells in a slurred voice, record me, record me. The clip has been viewed almost 2 million times on one X post and shows the blonde woman yelling loudly and trying to kick Devin as he records her on his phone. It also captures her male companion trying to calm her down. The footage also shows him using a racial slur before the whole thing ends. Yeah. Real adult there, girl. Yeah, you uh, you just be you, right? Well, um, here's someone trying to be you in the worst possible way. You know, and you've heard the stories in previous episodes where, you know, people have carved their names in Roman, the Roman Colosseum, and other ways that tourists just continue to, dis to disrespect the iconic monuments there in Rome. Um, well, we have a woman caught on video walking across the Trevi Fountain to fill up her water bottle. She's this clueless visitor that was seen climbing across the rocks to reach the center of this 18th century fountain and then using the spout to fill the bottle before a guard blows a whistle and confronts her. It was a video that was shot by an onlooker named Lex Jones. There were 
signs all over saying that's not allowed. This is what Jones is telling the Storyful website. He says, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. So I started videoing it. And Jones said the woman who was not identified didn't seem to understand her faux pas or why she was in trouble. Duh. It was unclear if she was detained or even fined. Now, in case you don't know, the Trevi Fountain, which was designed by Nicola Salvi and completed by Giuseppe Panini in 1762, is the largest Baroque fountain in Rome and probably one of the most famous fountains in the world. This is just outrageous behavior. I mean, who goes to Italy and drinks the water instead of red wine anyway? This was probably more offensive to Italians than Papa John's and Domino's calling their product pizza. <laughs> well, uh, tattoos are back in the story, back in the news again. And I know people that have gotten tattoos and they regretted getting the tattoo, you know, like when they were out on spring break or something, right? Well, now it's going to be the tattoo that they got at their cousin Chad's wedding. <laughs> yeah, tattoos are now the new hot commodity party favor that you can offer at your wedding. People are actually hiring them as vendors. So if you're a guest at one of those weddings, you can get inked during the reception. Now, the idea, obviously, is to give a permanent memento to remember your wedding guy. Of course, when you're divorced, maybe, what, you'll get to pay for the removal, right? Yeah, so well. Yeah, well, a wedding photographer in Kansas posted a video after a client hired a tattoo artist for their cocktail hour. By the way, they weren't free. You have to pay for a set price of 60 bucks to get your ink. And they weren't offering full sleeves, just a simple outline tattoo. Um, some people think it's a cute idea. Others think it's a bit weird, maybe even unsanitary. It would be awkward if none of your guests even wanted one. But either way, most seem to agree to doing it early in the reception is the way to go. But look, I wouldn't recommend having tattoos available once everybody is pretty drunk. So I guess that means, what, nowadays everybody, even grandma, can admit that they've um, either seen some cool tattoos or received some. And uh, actually, some people think that they can boost a person's look depending on what they're going for. Yeah, well, there's a new survey that's out it says 32% of tattooed adults say they got at least one of their tattoos to improve their personal appearance. 47% say they got a tattoo to make a statement about what they believe. 69% say they got one to honor or remember someone or something. And only 24% of people with tattoos say they've ever regretted getting one. Overall, about 32% of Americans have a tattoo, and that same percentage goes for liberals and the conservatives, urban dwellers, and the small-town folk, the veterans, and the non-veterans. Now, women are slightly more likely than men to have a tattoo, with 38 to 27%. Lower-income earners are more likely to have um, are more likely to have tattoos than the higher income, that's 43 to 21%. And uh, those that are in the LGBTQ plus IA category are more likely to have uh, a tattoo than the straight people, 51 to 31%. So virtually all the demographics of people in this country in some way are inked up. Of course, not me, because 
I can promise you if I got a tattoo, it would not improve my appearance. Now, if you're talking to my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero, <clears throat> he would suggest if I got a tattoo, I should put it probably right next to my belly button since I wear cut-off t-shirts a lot of times, and this way I can prominently show it off. Maybe not. It just looks like graffiti on me, because I'm so pasty white as it is already, it just wouldn't do anything for my appearance at all. But still, I think this patriotic message talks a little about our love of body, body art. It might be the one thing, though, that ultimately unites this country finally after all this time. In this age of division, Americans have found unity in the one thing we all have in common, our tattoos. Rich or poor, liberal or conservative, we have each other's backs. From the parrots on our shoulder blades to the tramp stamps above our bikini lines. And no matter the color of your skin, we're joined in the pursuit of making our skin different colors. So let's begin the hard work of promoting togetherness by rolling up our sleeves and proudly displaying our sleeves. When there is tattoo ink under our skin, there's no room for us to get under each other's skin. So let's join together, tribal tatted arm in tribal tatted arm, and end tribalism once and for all. Because if there's one thing that truly brings Americans together, it's the Chinese symbol tattooed on the back of our necks. I kind of wonder what I would get if I were to get a tattoo. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I've actually contemplated it, and I think if, and that is a big if, I decided to get a tattoo. Probably, since I'm Scottish, I would probably you get a tattoo of the very pretty purple Scottish thistle. Why not? You know, I'll have a nice, beautiful tattoo of a of a weed right there on my on my stomach. I don't know. You, th you think that would improve my appearance? I, I don't know. You know. Well, anyway, here's um, something though that didn't do very well for the appearance of a United Airlines pilot. I mean, it's good to know that only the most level-headed people that are in charge as we're hurling helplessly through the sky are people like this. It's a 63-year-old United Airlines pilot who's facing charges because he used an axe to attack a wooden parking arm at the Denver airport. His name is Kenneth Jones, and it was caught all on security footage. It just came out. He was in an employee parking lot that, well, tends to have long lines. And for whatever reason, he just happened to have an axe in his trunk. So he grabbed the axe and started chopping. He took 23 swings before the wooden arm finally fell off. There were at least two other airport employees that caught up with him and wrestled the axe away. Then the cops arrested him in a nearby field. He told the police he'd just hit his breaking point. United says that he's now put on leave while they do an internal investigation. Normally, he's rated to fly large jets like 767s that seat about 200 people. But now, he'll be seated in court facing criminal mischief charges. The airport says he caused about $700 in damages. Of course, I'd frankly rather my airline pilot be drunk, you know, like the good old days not on the verge of a mental breakdown. I can't be the only person wondering why the freak this pilot had a random axe in his car. It's a great, it's stupid, great. 
You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's The Week in Review. President Biden traveled to Milwaukee as he remains neck and neck with former President Trump in the critical swing state of Wisconsin. Pretty amazing that Joe was willing to travel there, even though they don't have ocean beaches to sleep on. The president's trip, his first to the state since announcing his re-election campaign, highlighted his economic agenda, which made the people of Wisconsin want to drink even more than they already do. According to new research, more than one-third of parents worry that their child does not understand the value of a dollar. But that should be a problem in the near future because the dollar will be worthless. The research actually finds that parents have taken matters into their own hands, doing things like teaching kids about saving by starting a piggy bank. Then they pretend to be the IRS by smashing the piggy bank with a hammer and taking 30%. Cheetos Mac and Cheese and Fashion designer Coral Castillo are joining forces to roll out what they are calling the Macrame Collection. It's a perfect clothing to be wearing if you want everyone around you to know that you've completely given up on life. The collection will feature sneakers and a waist bag, both with macrame designs reminiscent of Cheetos mac and cheese spiral noodles. Whoever thought this was a good idea, must have been smoking some serious angel Cheetos dust. An electric fan convention was recently held in Northampton, Pennsylvania, which drew fan enthusiasts from as far away as Maine, Florida, Texas, and California. Which begs the question, who wants to see only fans when everyone is involved there is actually fully clothed? Screenwriter Charlie Kaufman recently stated that if Hollywood wants to keep making garbage movies, they may as well have AI write scripts. And I think I speak for all of us when I say how dare he suggests that AI can write such deep, compelling scripts for such movies like Avengers 7, Fast and Furious 12, and Spider-Man 10. Some figures in the golf world are now calling 
on the PGA Tour to allow players to wear shorts in the extreme heat. Now, this is an unusual conversation because pro golfers usually only deal with wet balls when they hit one in the water. Most venues usually aren't so bad, but the tournament this past weekend in Memphis was brutally hot. Those guys were sweating more than someone walking through downtown Memphis at night without a bulletproof vest. President Biden faced mockery and skepticism on social media after he told a crowd that he watched a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh last year. Now, that may not be true, but he sure is standing around and watching the entire country collapse. It's a good thing a bridge didn't really collapse. Otherwise, poor Hunter might have been hurt while he was under that bridge smoking crack. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, one of Capitol Hill's leading voices on student loan forgiveness, reportedly owes the Department of Education up to 50 grand in student loans. But the most incredible thing is the fact that AOC is somehow college-educated. A new TD Bank survey finds four out of five consumers' spending habits were impacted by inflation. Yeah, instead of heading to the car dealership for a remote start car, people are going to the toy store for a remote control car. And a man recently left passengers shocked after he boarded a cross-country flight with his huge Great Dane along for the ride as his TikTok video of the event went viral. This was truly stunning because nobody thought that a dog could be larger than most people who fly these days. In an interview with E.T. Canada, Will Ferrell says his new movie, Strays, is essentially an R-rated homeward bound. So I guess it's just like the Disney classic, only with more butt-sniffing. There's a lot of cussing in the movie. Of course, you thought the filthiest thing to come out of a dog's mouth was use gym socks. Nick Jonas fell through a hole while he was performing on night three of his band's latest world tour at TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. And after being subjected to his live music, most people in attendance wanted to fall off the face of the earth as well. Star tight end Mark Andrews was among Ravens and Commanders players involved in skirmishes at joint training camp practice. Ravens players were hoping to win the fight because you know, it's been a while since they've won anything. People were surprised to see the commanders involved. I mean, after all, they usually don't show up any fight at all. Social media users trashed Joe Biden online after he asked children present at a White House address to come up to him after his speech to talk to him about getting some ice cream. Now, in most countries, they lock up an old creep offering kids ice cream. But here we make him president. The president's speech locations going forward should be pretty interesting. I mean, they need to be in a nice, safe area. They need to be easily accessible. And they also need to be at least 100 yards away from a school. Former President Trump slammed President Biden's push against gas-powered cars and appliances, saying consumers got to have a choice. Biden doesn't want you to have gas because he already has way too much floating around in his pants. And Tropical Storm Hillary passed along Mexico's Baja Peninsula and impacted western parts of the U.S., wiping out power, well, specifically to everyone's private email servers. Yes, Tropical Storm Hillary was uh, at least a Category 3 when had winds of 111 miles an hour, but people in America are used to Hillary being a blowhard. Bill Clinton was excited, though. I mean, after all, it's not every day 
Hillary blows like that. And an Alberta-based restaurant chain came out on top in a bidding war for an unusual piece of the provincial government's property, a sandwich costume. Adil Isom paid more than $16,000 Canadian to win the costume. Now, originally it was to be used for a PSA on drug abuse. Here's a sim talking about this bidding war. When I saw it in the pictures, it looked good, but when I saw it in person, it blew me away. The amount of detail that went into it, I think if people can see it in person, they might understand why I went up to $16,025 for it. A weird story for sure, but Canadians are just happy that it wasn't the type of costume Justin Trudeau wears on Halloween. The bidding went to a Sims Edmonton-based primetime Donner and Poutine to help market the restaurant. Of course, this might be a bigger waste of money in Edmonton than buying Oilers season tickets. Netflix has released the first look at Reptile, its upcoming neo-noir thriller starring Bencinio del Toro, Alicia Silverstone, and Justin Timberlake. Now, surprisingly, it has nothing to do with the lizard person Tiffany Gomez saw on that American Airlines flight. <laughs> Jets assistant coach Tony Oden was hospitalized after he caught was caught in friendly fire in that skirmish during the Jets-Buccaneers joint practice. Now, it's kind of strange for somebody affiliated with the Jets because they don't take to a beating until the season starts. Luckily, though, he's okay physically, but he's still part of the Jets, so he'll probably never be okay mentally. President Biden prepared to blanket the airwaves with a $25 million TV and digital ad campaign in some battleground states. Now, let's just put this into perspective. That's almost as much as he spends on Rocky Road. Of course, it's nice to see the president spending that kind of money on something besides cocaine for Hunter. And the catastrophic flooding that Tropical storm Hillary brought to Southern California was so bad in Los Angeles, shoplifters now have switched to stealing squeegees and paper towels. There's so much water on the streets of L.A., Governor Newsom said it's going to take weeks to replace all the feces. There's so much rain. Just to be safe, Governor Newsom is having Tom Cruise move to a higher ground. And I'm we're talking lots of rain. I mean, Californians fear it could take several months to dry out the smog. And according to a new survey, only 55% of Americans are comfortable asking for help with money issues. Now, I'm just as shocked as you are. 55% of Americans actually have money? Money issues, of course, are what Americans call it whenever they can't afford tickets to see Taylor Swift. And Russia's first lunar mission in 47 years smashed into the moon in total failure. And Vladimir Putin reacted exactly as you would expect by declaring the mission a total success. Kind of refreshing, you know, to see Russia humiliated somewhere besides Ukraine. And even though it only made $25 million at the box office, Blue Beetle ended Barbie's four-week streak at number one. Of course, in response, Ken said he hasn't been this depressed since he found out he doesn't have genitalia. Of course, you got to love the story in Blue Beetle. Evidently, he uses his superpowers to find a new divorce attorney, Britney Spears. Dolly Parton reunited Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr for a cover of the Beatles' 1970 classic, Let It Be. It's part of her new Rockstar album coming out later in the fall. And during the recording, though, there were six different times when Dolly had to tell Paul and Ringo 
Hey, my face is up here. It's nice to see Dolly working with Paul and Ringo, though. I mean, if it's one thing that she knows how to do, it's showcasing a famous pair. California residents facing a uniquely harrowing set of circumstances because during Tropical Storm Hillary and the severe flooding, the earthquake happened in Los Angeles County. That was the biggest disaster in California since failed Gavin Newsom's recall. Some reports say this is one of the worst storms to hit the state in recent years, but luckily L.A. residents are used to lots of liquid on the streets due to all the urine flowing every day. And according to new research, most households that decide to adopt a shelter dog end up feeling very happy about their decision, whereas most households who decide to adopt a shelter cat end up fearing for their lives. However, the research does reveal that dog aggression surprisingly increases after leaving shelters, but owners still don't regret adopting, likely because an aggressive shelter dog is still way less scarier than children. And that Texas woman behind that viral mother effer is not real plain meltdown is posting a new selfie on social media trying to attempt to rebrand her tarnished image as that crazy plain lady she might think this is her only shot, either that or she's getting ready to pose for only fans. Hopefully, things are getting back to normal. I mean, after all, the only crazy person on a plane should be whoever voluntarily chooses to be a pilot for Spirit Airlines. According to a new report, Oppenheimer has become one of the highest-grossing IMAX movies of all time, earning $146.4 million just from the IMAX screenings alone. But that was easy because, you know, with IMAX prices like that, it's what, maybe what, 10 or 12 tickets total? Britney Spears shared a sultry video of herself rolling around topless in bed just days after her estranged husband filed for divorce. Of course, it's actually normal because now that she's not married anymore, she's remembering what it's like to have fun in bed. Britney later shared a second video from her night out with a group of men, one of whom licked her leg as she rocked a green mini dress. I mean, I understand being drunk and wanting some legs, but isn't that why you hit up Popeye's Chicken's drive through And finally, Tampa Bay Bucks coach Todd Bowles is hesitant to name either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask as the team's starting quarterback, mainly because fans will be completely depressed no matter who he chooses. Dum, 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 dum. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. 
And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now, this week's Genius Award. And this week's Genius Awards goes to a Florida man from Melbourne who got himself arrested when he unsuccessfully robbed a bank and a Wendy's, according to cops. Daniel Jacona Gibbs was nabbed for the double attempted robbery. He was taken into custody by the Brevard County Sheriff's Office, but the Palm Bay Police Department is also expected to bring up more charges toward Gibbs. This alleged robbery attempts happened as Gibbs walked into a Wendy's and approached an employee from behind the order counter, according to police. Gibbs displayed what employees believed to be was a gun in his waistband and demanded cash from the register. Now, the employee became frozen with fear and didn't comply with Gibbs' demands. Well, that's when another employee who didn't know what was going on approached the counter. Well, Gibbs turned around and walked out of the restaurant. The first employee then collapsed into the second employee's arms. Well, then hours later, Gibbs made his way to a bank in Palm Bay and allegedly committed a second attempted robbery. Police did not specify which bank Gibbs went to. The Brevard County Sheriff's Office located Gibbs and then took him into custody. When he was arrested, he had a large sheathed knife, which deputies believe was in Gibbs' waistband at the time of the robbery. I mean, how much money was he really expecting to get from Wendy's? I mean, most people who go there cheap out and just order that $5 biggie bag. Robbing a bank was a bit smarter. I mean, other than, you know, the fact that they have world-class security systems, trained security guards, and traceable bait money. And then there's this. A 29-year-old Florida woman allegedly spiked a man's drinks with Raid Roach Spray after the pair met at a local bar. Veronica Klein is charged with poisoning food or drink, according to the Volusia County Sheriff's Office. Deputies were called to a home in Deleon Springs around 4.30 in the morning. There they met the man who had become ill. He said he came home with Klein after she asked him to continue drinking with her. He said he had two drinks and began feeling sick. Klein allegedly admitted to him spiking the drinks, uh, With the roach spray, the victim told the deputies he was vomiting for about 30 minutes before he was able to call for help. He became sick again and tried to provide statements to a deputy, according to the police. Klein wasn't at home when the deputies got there. A law enforcement canine tracked down Klein, and she was taken into custody. She's now being held in the Volusia County Branch Jail without bond pending her first court appearance. This had to be the worst cocktail tasting of all time. Well, just behind anything served at Applebee's happy hour, of course. I mean, you never hear stories like this. People should only puke from alcohol because they've had way too much fun. Or how about this? Police in Arkansas say a man applying to be a police officer had warrants out for his arrest in Georgia. According to a press release from the Monticello Police Department, 24-year-old Justin C. Carter applied for the police officer position through an online application while hiding in South Carolina. Authorities say that the fugitive came to Arkansas to verify details for the physical fitness test. After he arrived, officers say 
that there were discrepancies in his physical appearance from his background check. And after police further investigated Carter's history, they found his real identity and a nationwide warrant for his arrest from Georgia. The next day, Carter met police at the Monticello High School track to perform his fitness test. The officers allowed Carter to perform the fitness test and then took him right into custody when he completed the test. Police said he was wanted over a probation violation in Georgia. And following his arrest, now he's now awaiting transportation back to Georgia. Of course, if you're a criminal, you can't apply to be a cop, but you certainly can become a politician. The bad news is, well, he's not getting the job with the police department, but the good news is he'll definitely have a good job making license plates. And what about this? A Florida nonprofit is offering a $25,000 reward after two pet horses were stolen and believed to be sold on the black market for human consumption. The Animal Recovery Mission said the pet horses, Canella, a six-month-old filly, and Venus, a two-year-old filly, were stolen from a private property in the Rolling Oaks area of Southwest Ranches. The nonprofit said the stolen horses were led through a deconstructed fence at the back of the property between 2 and 4 in the morning. Now, ARM says there's grave concern that the fillies were preyed upon and have become the victims of the black market horse meat trade. The illegal activity promotes violent butchering of horses to sell their meat for human consumption, an industry that has plagued the state of Florida for decades. Now, anybody with information leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible is eligible to get a $25,000 reward. ARM and the Davis or Davy Police Department are actively investigating that case. Now, you've heard people say, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse, right? But not many people actually mean that literally. I mean, I wonder what condiment goes well with this. Huh? Going to go ahead maybe and maybe guess horseradish? And you got to check this one out. An Arizona man is facing multiple charges after police say he broke into a random home in Phoenix naked. The suspect, 68-year-old Eugene Howard Shelton, reportedly told investigators he did it because he was being chased by an alligator. Happened about 2 p.m. on Saturday, police responded to this reported burglary at the home on Windsor Avenue. An officer got to the address to find the naked man, who was identified later as Shelton, lying down on the driveway, buck naked, with the homeowner standing next to him. According to the court documents, Shelton told the officers alligators are after him and resisted arrest before he was finally handcuffed. The homeowner told police that it all started when he received a phone call from his kids who had told him that a man had broken into their house. The children told police they tried to keep Shelton from coming in including one who actually hit the suspect's hand with an iron, but that he just kept pushing on the door until he overpowered them. The father was nearby when the kids called and came home to find the suspect sitting on the couch in the living room, only wearing socks. After his arrest, police recovered Shelton's boxer shorts and a fanny pack by the home's front door. Inside that fanny pack, officers found two blue pills marked M30, According to court documents, Shelton told police he had smoked methamphetamine before thinking the alligator was trying to get him. Shelton was booked into the Maricopa County Jail on charges, including burglary, indecent exposure, and resisting arrest. <laughs> the guy was totally butt naked. 
But, you know, look, during the summer in Phoenix, most of the residents actually completely understand. The guy was so drugged up, he thought he saw a gator in Arizona. Look, if he wants to smoke meth and play with gators, Arizonans are urging him, move to Florida. And you'll never believe this. Collecting Pokemon cards has made a major comeback in recent years, but you might have a tough time becoming a Pokemaster behind bars. <clears throat> Josh Dale Hardy, a now former correctional officer from Calhoun County, Alabama, was arrested after allegedly stealing Pokemon cards from the local Walmart. The 35-year-old, who had just completed a shift at the county jail, was still in uniform and was caught reportedly on surveillance, removing individual Pokemon trading cards from their packaging and putting them in his pockets. Uh, the Calhoun County Sheriff Matthew Wade told WVTM-TV it appears that he had taken his uniform shirt off, turned it inside out, and was still wearing it, but the star badge still visible. When Walmart employees confronted Hardy, he fled the store on foot but was later located at a restaurant nearby by the Oxford police. Hardy was then arrested and charged with theft. Hardy has since been fired. A recent surge of Pokemon cards popularity has led major retailers now to pull them off the shelves after numerous incidents. <laughs> so we got a correctional officer who's supposed to supervise prisoners' daily routines, not join the prisoners in their daily routines. The guy who wanted to catch them all, right? Unfortunately, I think I'm referring to Pokemon, not criminals. Okay, one more. A Florida man was arrested after allegedly putting over $300 worth of stolen Walmart merchandise in his pants, according to an arrest affidavit from the Marion County Sheriff's Office. Justin Goodrow was arrested on charges of misdemeanor petty theft, felony drug possession of a controlled substance without a prescription, and misdemeanor possession of drug paraphernalia. The alleged theft happened at the Walmart on Baha'i Avenue in Ocala. A Walmart loss prevention officer told deputies a suspicious man fled the parking lot in a red Kia after he allegedly placed numerous items in his pants and walked past the registers. When the loss prevention officer tried to stop the suspect, later identified as Goodrow, he said, you can't catch me, and then left the parking lot. The deputies were able to locate Goodrow and the red Kia about a half mile away, and initiated a traffic stop. Goodrow was put in handcuffs while the deputies investigated, the, and the driver, who was removed from the vehicle, gave deputies permission to search the vehicle, according to the affidavit. And while Goodrow was being detained, he asked a deputy if he could smoke a cigarette, which was inside the front door of the passenger seat. The deputy found the box and saw a small folded yellow piece of paper which contained crystal-like substances that was later field-tested positive for methamphetamine. I'd just love to be able to wear a pair of jeans that had enough spare room for me to stash $300 worth of stolen merch in them, you know? You know, tweakers really just carry around meth in a, what, folded-up piece of paper nowadays, huh? You know, the economy is pretty bad when a dealer can't even afford to put his dope in a little baggie. <laughs> well, hey, do me a favor. Give this podcast a five-star rating. It's five-star stupidity we have here, folks. And look, if you're going to rate the podcast, go on ahead and make a really short review. Make it really stupid so I can have something to talk about on an upcoming episode. Because this will help the podcast show up prominently in searches when you rate and review it. Because folks are out there searching for stupidity desperately. 
By the way, share the podcast on your social media feeds as well. That way you can share the stupidity and not be looking as a stingy, stupid person. Okay, and if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe button because there's plenty other stupidity coming in season five that you don't want to miss. And if you're streaming the podcast and get annoyed because you got all that buffering because you're in crappy cell service or Wi-Fi coverage, just download the podcast every episode to your podcast player. And if you're using a podcast player, I recommend Podcast Addict. It's a great app. It's available on your app store. It's got great performance. There's two types of paid versions, but it's also free as well. And besides this particular episode, we've also got the weekend episode featuring Pancho Guero, my insane Florida nephew, who will also give you some Florida stories and other stupidity, plus answer your questions with his sage wisdom. Ask Pancho about anything. And you can even test your skills against Pancho during our weekly insane game show. And every week after the podcast is published, I'll be posting some of the articles from the episode's stupidity on Telegram Messenger. It's a great app. You can download that app and then read all the stories when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World channel. You'll be able to comment about the articles and share them with your friends and post your comments or suggestions about the podcast. You can preview that channel and even get a, a link to download the Telegram Messenger at t.me slash insaneericlane, t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's totally free. It's available in desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple platforms. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Search the handle at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter and follow and subscribe. And you can also click by my website at www.insaneericlane.com. And this week's verbal meme. If the Facebook poke feature were changed to stab, I would use it all the time. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with support from Mr. Laughs Comedy, Ad Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio United Stations Radio Network. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available wherever you download music. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store. <laughs>